Welcome everyone to Curtain Jerks right here on the Comedy Podcast Network. I'm Scott Narver. I'm Steve Sears. And we are comedians living in Hollywood, bringing you the fun and funny of wrestling each and every week. And this week, we've got something huge. Special guest, Scott. Special guest. Very special guest. If you've been following us on social media, you know who it is. You know how excited I've been. We've been trying to make this happen for at least a year. Pete Gas from the Mean Street Posse coming up later on the show. Oh, big deal. We've been knitting these sweater vests forever. Oh, yeah. Now I feel like a real man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see at Night of Champions, I wanted to see the third man be Pete Gas in a tactical sweater vest and start up the Mean Shield Posse. Didn't happen. But inspired, Scott. Inspired choices. Yes. But now it's it's bringing up the potential. There's a barking dog. There's a barking dog outside. Is that outside? I think so. Well, look. It's outside the it's outside the Comedy Podcast Network headquarters. So it's the courtyard of the building next to us. Is this a dog protest about Pete Gas being here? Hey, look. Sometimes you gotta have a controversial show, and this is probably one of our most controversial shows. This isn't okay. They should be protesting the big boss man being on our show if he ever, he comes on because he he cooked up pepper and made Al Snow eat him. Look, he's <laughs> he's a creepy man. But he's one of the best bad men in the business. He is. He's a real good bad man. But we talked to Pete Gass about all kinds of stuff. We asked him about the Attitude Era, the Hardcore Championship, uh, him being a two-time winner, fighting in an airport, the origins of the Mean Street Posse, and a lot more. And that's coming up later. But first, this episode is sponsored by Pro Wrestling Loot. Go to ProWrestlingLoot.com and use the promo code SCOTT to get 10% off your first crate. This is a crate that comes to you every month. You're a wrestling fan like we are, mm-hmm. and it comes to your house, and it's like, oh, what do you get in there? Wrestling stuff? Yes. What else do you <laughs> need to know, guys, besides the promo code? Scott. Well, you need to know that there's stuff like action figures inside. Promo code Scott. <laughs> wrestling DVDs. Promo code Scott. <laughs> T-shirts. Promo code Scott. Hard to find rare items. Autographs, photos, 8x10s, collectibles, and much more. Promo code SCOTT. You can still get the September crate, and coming up soon is the October crate. Uh, I know what's in the September crate. I don't want to give it away, because maybe you want the surprise of Of it. Of opening the box, of unboxing the box. Yeah, it shows up at your place, and you're like, what's in here? What's in here? I gotta know. I hope it's wrestling stuff. If it's not, I'd be really disappointed based on what this (laughs) service is purported to be. Oh, man, crackers and cheese. (laughs) Well, it is Enjoy at your next wrestling event. What is this, a post-it note? <laughs> get a get it past security. Now, so is there a website they can go to sign up? How do they get it onto this whole business, Scott? ProWrestlingLoot.com. You can sign up for a subscription. Cancel at any time. I don't see why you'd want to because you get stuff sent to your house every time. Like Otherwise, you got to go to a wrestling show to get stuff. And you're like, oh, I got a shirt. Where are you going to get your cheese and crackers? The store? <laughs> well, hopefully it's more than... Hopefully it's like Samoa Joe cheese and crackers. Oh, I love that branded stuff. Mm-hmm. I like that branded stuff. Or Ring of Honor cheese and crackers. Oh, I love that... I love that indie branded stuff. <laughs> it's good stuff. Well, I I mean, they got everybody. They got all kinds of cool stuff. You can get it. You can get 10% off your first crate on us. ProWrestlingLoot.com. Promo code Scott. Save some bucks and get some wrestling stuff straight to your house and you help support the show. Also supporting the show, uh, a way of doing that is rate and review on iTunes. We've been getting more uh, thank you so much for that. That's been really helping us out, climbing up in the charts here. So we thank you very much for that. Um, but, Steve, there, there's a lot of stuff going on in wrestling lately. There's, oh, yeah. It's, it's a tidal wave of wrestling. 
We've got curtain or er, we got, we got curtain jerks, jerks the radio up. podcast now with Pete Gas uh, as a special guest. Yes, uh, well, well I was for gonna, one episode, <laughs> what, what I was going to say was uh, we've uh, we've got Hell in the Cell coming in our backyard. Curtain jerks, Los Angeles. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like this is our town. Mm-hmm. SummerSlam, not in our town no more. No, 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 New no. York. No, the cheese and crackers you get there are East Coast cheese and crackers, and the cheese and crackers you're going to be getting for Los Angeles. We're talking the fancy cheese and crackers. The star-studded Hollywood event of the summer Hell is in New himself. York. Yeah, and then yeah. <laughs> Hell in the Cell in the town of Hollywood. No celebrities will be there, probably. Uh, what are you talking about? Slash will be there. Slash is always there. Slash? Yeah, Slash from Guns N' Roses. He's at every LA event, isn't he? Do you mean Fred Durst? No, I mean Slash. Slash? Yeah. I've never seen Slash at one of these. Lemmy? Lemmy from Motorhead? When is Lemmy at, at the wrestling events besides playing the old tunes for the Triple H guy? When Triple H forces him the to show up. The Triple H guy. You know, the Triple H guy. Oh, you listen to your motorhead in your in your room? Don't forget to get your homework done before you watch the Triple H guy on the old uh, WWE. That's that's like a dad calling himself Dad Ziggler to be cool to his kids. Hey, uh, super kick. Oh, sorry, pal. <laughs> Working a little stiff. Gotta call your mom. <laughs> Calling an audible. Where is the smelling salts? <laughs> you can't hear me. You're unconscious. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, thanks for selling, kiddo. Thanks for selling. Taking back your allowance. Have fishing around here. Get this cash. Um, Hell in Cell's coming up in our backyard. We got all kinds of matches set up. It looks like Kane is fighting Seth Rollins for the title. Mm-hmm. We got Pre- preferably in a cell. I pre- preferably yes. Yeah. We have also got Taker versus Lesnar. Preferably in a cell. Preferably yes. Okay. Chances are at this point, the way it's going, New Day versus uh, Dudley's. In a cell? I, yeah, preferably, yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to go all locked down on this, but I'd like to see all of these in a cell. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, what if what if it's uh, Cesaro versus Kevin Owens? In a cell? See? Yeah, see, they all sound good, don't they? They, they all sound good in a cell, but yeah, you can't do them all in a cell. You, otherwise, as you say, you go all locked down and it's like... Uh, kills it. Well, I think the weirdest part is if they do a Hell in a Cell match like in the middle, and then they raise it and do a couple matches, and then lower it later. Like you got to lower it for the last two, right? Yeah, because you did. Same as the Elimination Chamber. <laughs> is it gonna fall on you? 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 Um, hey, that reminds me. Did you know Bound for Glory is this Sunday? Uh, the TNA premiere pay-per-view? That's right. I did. I looked over the card. A lot of names I didn't recognize. <laughs> what are some of them? Or can you describe, like, what they look like or who you think their names were? It, it made me feel the same way I feel like when I wa- read the lineup for a New Japan show or a Ring of Honor show where I was like, wow, these sound like, well, a lot of wrestlers. I just felt so out of it. That's like, for me, uh, going to a Vietnamese restaurant. And not knowing what any of the dishes are, and just seeing like, oh, where are the pictures for the matches? I mean, sandwiches. <laughs> Excuse me, what kind of matches do you have here? Oh, a spring hotsu. Is that something that I won't barf after eating? And what do you mean? I'm reading my parking ticket for the valet. Oh, I parked at the spring hotsu. Oh, oh thank okay. you very much. No, thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a bunch of I think there's like seven or eight matches all lined up. Um. It sounds like it's going to be a fairly exciting show. The main event. Ethan Carter versus Drew Galloway. Yeah, look at you. Yeah, that's the one match I recognize. Wow, you're yeah. up to snuff. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Keeps yeah. me alert. Are we going to be able to watch this at all? Uh, Probably on the old replay. 
I don't think I can. Via stealing on the internet. I think I'm going out of town this weekend. Oh. Yeah. Where are you going? I don't know yet. Are you going to Bound for Glory? Uh, where is it? Uh, I don't know. If it's not in Ojai, then no. Ojai? <laughs> I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> you don't, you're just leaving town and you have no destination. Yeah, there's some trips like fell through, so I have all this time off. And so me and my wife are going to go someplace nice. And I'm not sure where yet. Come down to the barbecue festival. Oh, that's right. The barbecue festival. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. Oh, you were going to go camping, right? I was going to go camping. We didn't but talk about this on the show. You're going to go camping. I don't know if I'm still going camping. I think I'm going to try to find like a resort or like a bed and breakfast or some sexy hideaway somewhere. And when I say sexy mm. hideaway, I mean a couch in a closet. <laughs> um, Vertically set up. Yes, for, for leaning. <laughs> Just turn on this Marvin Gaye and pop this champagne. If Bound for Glory were in, let's say, something not too far. No. Say it was in Oregon. <laughs> could you convince your wife to go on a trip where it's like, hey, we're going to go to Oregon and we're going to do some stuff. Sunday at around 5 o'clock, we're going to go watch Bound for Glory also. Yeah, I think she'd be into it. You Really? Yeah, I mean, she really likes doing stuff with me and I really like doing stuff with her. She knows she won't get in the ring, though, right? She knows that. I mean, honestly, she would assume that she had a match planned. I mean, she's <laughs> like, "Why are we going if I'm not booked?" <laughs> well, I like her eagerness, yeah, of being involved in the show. If it is in Oregon, I'm not going to be going. What if it were in Canada? Would you go? That's even farther than Oregon, right? Oh, make it you know, make the trip worthwhile. That's right. Uh. I would really like to go to Canada for really no reason at all. I just love to go. Canada's wonderful. Yeah. I'm they, a big fan of the San Juan Islands, the uh, the Pacific Northwest coastline. Very nice. Very nice. Oh, I don't know about that. I've been to Toronto and seen wrestling in Toronto. That's cool. Don't you know? That sounds great. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful time. Uh, I always assumed the new Battlestar Galactica was shot in uh, Canada because they shoot all TV shows there. I thought it was shot in space. Uh, <laughs> after the first four episodes, maybe. <laughs> so, Scott. <laughs> Ow, he slapped me. <laughs> uh, Bias, uh, Bias Galtar. <laughs> what? Gaius Baltar, the... Uh... Oh, wow. Wait a minute. You just said gibberish and then went, whoa, I'm an idiot for saying that gibberish <laughs> And then wrong. said more gibberish, yeah. Uh, his... Gaius Baltar, sorry, ball sack, no hairs. <laughs> his uh, lake house... Looks like the coolest place. Like, it, that is my destination. If I was to ever get rich enough, I'd want Gaius Baltar's beach house by the lake. Are you sure you said that right? Bias Galtar? Gaius Baltar. Dr. Bias Gibalter. Gibalter. <laughs> no wonder that other show's called Doctor Who. I, that's probably why um, Caprica failed. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, Steve, there's been other failures in this world. Do you know this? Do you, have you heard about this? Do you know about this? Based on what is that transition supposed to function as? What failures? Bias Galtar? A failure of wellness tests. Ugh. Do you know about, you know, people, if you don't know, if you're new to wrestling, maybe you don't know the ins and outs behind the scenes like we do. It's like there a of, to protect the performers. A Got couple it. of Gaius Baltars right here. There you go. Uh, Hornswoggle. Oh, did I? Yeah, you did. Ah, oh, goddammit. Uh, <laughs> Hornswoggle. Failed the uh, the wellness policy. He failed the wellness test. Like, this is the first time that he's ever failed it. And, you know, everybody's always going like, oh, what about a John Cena or a Triple H? Look at the size of those guys. They're not on anything. But, you know, they test for different types of drugs. I don't know. Scott, I assume, I, I think they pass because they look well. Oh, I yeah. see. If you don't look well. Oh, I'd fail all the time. I mean, I think they'd fail if it was the not looking great uh, test. 
Yeah, I again, I think I'd fail that every time. It's like, oh, you don't look well. You fail. You failed. You fail test. Good luck in your future endeavors. Thanks. <laughs> no. Um, Hornswoggle failed. I, and this is shocking to a lot of people. This is fan favorite Hornswoggle. I think, honestly, Scott, this is a really good time to tell you about our long-running tradition starting now of talking to people <laughs> who fail the wellness test. So we give them a platform so that they can talk about their side of the story uh, maybe if there's an NDA, they have to dance around whatever actually happened. Oh, sure. I hear about those NDAs in WWE. Yeah. The, the uh, non-disclosure agreement. That's right. That's right. So you can't talk about stuff. Even if it's embarrassing because they failed the test, we give them an opportunity to talk on the show really about whatever they want. Maybe they're just kind okay. of angry or that maybe also they can sort of touch on the issue maybe. But really... I feel like, which just with a lot of respect here on Curtain Jerks, we just want to give them an opportunity. Yeah, some good touching. <laughs> That's right. Oh, sorry. We're talking about respect. Yeah, That's I want to do that. Yeah, okay. Well, is, is he on the docket? Yeah, he is on the uh, docket for oh, tonight. All right. Well, uh, weird. It's written in all lowercase. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's let's have Hornswoggle on in here then. Let's um, uh, come on in. Uh, I see he's here. Uh... Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> Welcome. Come on, have a seat. I, yeah, thank you. Thanks for oh, having a seat. Hi, Scott. Thank you for have seeing. A, have a seat. Yeah, I, I am. I'm, oh, right. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. It just, uh, I, I understand I appear a little bit low in the chair, but I, yeah, I'm, I, I assure you I'm sitting. Uh, okay. Thank you for having me on the show, guys. You're welcome. Um, Can I get you anything? No, you I'm anything? fine. Thanks. Uh, Okay. Just, you're good. Yeah, I'm great. Um. How how are you? Are things okay? Are you doing yeah, right? actually, honestly, guys, things are never could be better. There's a lot of exciting things going on. I mean, you know. Ooh, what was that? What was that? What? You went, what was that? I was just thinking. It's just got a lot of good things going on. Oh, okay. I, was, I wasn't sure if you were, you were taking some. Sorry. I, uh, I'm sorry if I was what? You were, I, I didn't know if you were taking anything. Taking any? Oh, are, is this about the the wellness test? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a work. What? That's a work. What do you mean? It means I didn't fail anything. They just had to write me off TV for a little while. You didn't? Why didn't they do it on TV? Uh, it's just, you know, subtle. It's a lot more subtle if they do it over the internet. You didn't You didn't fail a drug test? No, no. I'm clean as a whistle. I mean, beer's on the road with the guys, maybe, you know. Sure, but yeah. were you drunk at a show? No, no. Do, do you, did you smoke weed? I mean, no more than anybody should or shouldn't. Do you mind if you pee in this cup? Uh, yeah, I do. I mean, I totally don't have a problem doing it, but I just, I'm not going to pee in this cup because I'm almost 100% you're just going to drink it. That's not entirely what could happen. You have a piece of tape on that cup that says, I'm about to drink you up. Uh, <laughs> Actually, that's sorry, guys. That's my cup. I used that for Kool-Aid from the kitchen. I don't know how that got. Scott, how did this get in here? Steve, I, I'm so glad you addressed your cup because I didn't, I didn't want to throw you under the bus for... What's thrown under the bus? <laughs> I'm about to drink you up. That's what I say after I put the Kool-Aid in. I know. I, I, I appreciate that. I Look, Hornswoggle, I don't want to make you think that I drink your pee. Well, the, just the way that you said that made me feel like you're going to drink it. I'm not going to drink your pee. Great. I All just right. want to know that you're okay being on this show, that you're not going to, you know, you're not going to test positive for anything. Hey, look, I'm not going to test positive for anything. It's, it's a work. I, I'm serious. I was written off of... WWE programming right now because I got another gig. I'm filming right now. You got another gig? Yeah. What are you filming? I'm a stunt double on the Muppet Show on ABC. <laughs> You're a stunt double on the Muppet Show? Yeah, I'm a lifelong Muppets fan. Yeah. And I finally got an opportunity to be on the Muppet Show 
the the new one, the, the Muppets. New one. It's on kind of racy. It's very racy. Yeah. Well, you were in one of the movies. You're in Muppets Most Wanted. Yeah. And now you're on the show as a stunt double. Yeah. What do you? Who are you stunt for? Uh, Miss Piggy. Ooh, is that? Are you happy about that? Hey, look, I, I know all about chops. Is that a pig joke? I, I don't know. No, not not pork chops. <laughs> That's really good. Miss Piggy pork chops. No, no, no. She chops everybody when she gets angry. So when oh. they do that, I jump in there and I put on the old pig suit and I do the chops. You do the chops. I do the chops. It seems like the stunt person would take the chops. No, and no, not no, do no. The chops. We're doing something a little bit different. We're giving the actual chops to actors and then the stunt chopper is going to be me in a pig suit. Why isn't this all done via Muppets? Why, why are people then put in harm's way? Because uh, the Muppets are actors. They got to be careful. You can't let that felt get torn. So you have me in a Muppet pig suit. Okay. All right. Well, I, I mean, I, I'm glad to hear you're okay. Hey, look, if you want to talk about peeing in the cups, that, I mean, that's that's network TV. That happens all the time over there. Is that one of the storylines? No, that's just agents peeing and throwing on clients or young junior agents. Gross. Yeah. Hey, look, it's a dirty business, guys. Are, are there any other famous little people actors that are working on the show with you? Uh, I've really got it monopolized. El Torito? Is he? No, no, sorry. He's still there. Not writing him off TV. Hey, well, look, I'm, I'm glad. Uh, Warwick that... Davis? Yeah? Yeah. That's the one you could think of? No, I had dinner with him the other night. You did? Yeah. What did you guys eat? You know, like oysters. Really? Yeah, fried oysters and then like fried zucchini flowers. What was know? that? What was that? What? You did the... Yeah, Again. that's what I do when I'm thinking. Sorry, I, I keep thinking you're taking some sort of substance when I hear that noise. Hey, look, honestly, it sounds like you don't know a lot about drug use, and it seems like you're really projecting. You know what? I was going to say you're right, but you did it again. You did it again. I don't know what you could even infer by me doing that. I just, I, I, why are you doing that? What? I, I don't know. What? Okay, look, I, I, I don't want to pass any judgment on you. Uh, I just thought that maybe we you did never some practice sort of drinking out of straws. Practice drinking out of straws. Yeah, just in passing the time. Yeah, look, if I'm on set and I got makeup on because I'm about to do a big old stunt thing, I can't get my makeup smeared. I gotta have a straw in my water. Okay, look, I I, I, I don't do drugs. I don't do any of that. But I thought we'd get a scoop on the show that maybe you want to talk about on the platform. yeah. I'm a stunt performer on the Muppets on ABC. Well, congratulations. That sounds like a really cool gig, and I'm glad you didn't actually get spend for wellness. Um, and I hope, I hope it never happens. I hope it never happens. Hey, you, me too, man. Me too. Uh, you want to hear a scoop though? Uh, Kermit the Frog smokes DMT all the time. What is DMT? It's like a tranquilizer. It really messes you up. Are you serious? Yeah. It makes you feel like paint drying forever. Is this why they got a divorce? Him mm. and Miss Piggy? That's, <laughs> that's kayfabe, bro. I, I am so out of the loop. Mm. Hey, thanks for having me. Sure. Uh, sure. If you want to just go ahead and. Oh, Scott, <laughs> did you know he has a limo? I can see it through the window. He's, dri- he's in an Escalade. That's so weird that he's driving his own limo. Well, I mean, it's a really big car. I mean, I, I don't know what I mean by that. I don't know what I mean by that. I don't know what I mean Boy, by that. Boy, I'm glad you didn't embarrass yourself interviewing him. Uh, look, I I was plenty embarrassed when I couldn't find my Kool-Aid cup in the kitchen. Hey, look, I, I didn't want to throw you under the bus saying... That you'd say I'm on, I'm on about to drink you up. I don't know, honestly. I don't know what the issue is with about that because that's what I say before I drink everything or anything. I know. I if it's soup, I'm gonna slurp you up. If it's a cheeseburger, I'm gonna chew you up. Yeah, and I don't want him to 
to know that that's Look, your you thing. Look, you had to deal with so many restaurants where the waiter walks by right as I say that when I'm talking to my French fries, mm-hmm. and you just quietly nod and say, "This is my friend, and this is what he does," and I appreciate that. I introduce, I give you a full introduction. I go, "Hi, this is Steve Sears, and he's a co-host of the Curtain Drinks podcast." And uh, you b- plug relentlessly. I got to, Steve. I gots to plug. That's what I say before I plug. I go, I gots to plug. Yeah. You edit it out all the time before I do the plug. And it's infectious. That's why I say I, I'm going to drink you up. And I gots to plug. Mm-hmm. Please don't edit those out. Leave those No, those out. are all leaving. Okay. Um, it's time, Scott. It's time. It's time? Yeah. It's well, time to leave them in. <laughs> it is also time for our Pete Gas interview. As I said before, if you've been a fan of the show and listening for a long time, You know that I have uh, an unusual group of guys that I really enjoy on TV as performers and as wrestlers. Pete Gass has been one of those guys. He is someone that I've always wanted to talk to. We've been talking back and forth on Twitter for a very long time. It's finally came to a head. He accepted our invitation. We've had guys, if you check the archives in the past, we've had Stone Cold Steve Austin, John Cena, Booker T., Rockstar Spud, John Morrison, all kinds of guys. They've all been fantastic, but this one goes right up there with the rest. Please enjoy our interview with Pete Gass. All right, we are talking with Pete Gass today, former two-time hardcore champion. Pete, how are you doing? I'm doing great, guys. I hope you guys are doing well. We've been tweeting um, for, I'd say, almost about a year now. Initially, when I, I saw you on Twitter, I'm like, no, no, there's no, maybe, maybe. And then, yeah, you're you're always very interactive and very kind, and uh, uh, you 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 seem to tweet with your fans a lot. Uh, do you do you get a lot of interaction with uh, from fans on Twitter? I'll be honest with you, I really, I'm not really a, a tweeter. Uh, I don't do, I don't, I wasn't really doing much of it. I just thought it would be fun to kind of get on it uh, a couple years ago and every every time I get some kind of reaction uh, I do kind of respond and I enjoy it I kind of love the feedback whether it's good or bad to me uh, it's just like the wrestling world any uh, any type of recognition of any kind any type of notoriety is good whether it's good or bad so you're a constant you're a constant showman you're a constant uh-huh. showman <laughs> Well, yeah, it's 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 a great time to be a fan and to go back and, you know, to be able to watch the footage and see what was in the history. And now a time of Twitter where you can go and see and you can express those words. You can say those things to someone that, you know, used to watch and admire their work and stuff like that. And you were one of those guys. Uh, when we started the show, there were uh, an unusual... A grouping of guys that I would hear about a lot of the times like I want to talk to these people on the show and people would be like why don't you want to talk to a John Cena don't you want to talk to a Stone Cold and I said yeah but there there are groups of guys or there are groups of performers that w- did the things that always drew my attention that always uh, captivated my imagination where the Mean Street Posse was an act in the show that I loved I thought it was so great because it was such a simple concept of these three guys that are bullies. These are the three types of guys that I didn't grow up in Greenwich, but these were three <laughs> guys that looks like the guys that would pick on me in school. And they were the rich kids friends. And it was so simple. It wasn't a vampire. 
It wasn't um, a crazy man. It was just three bullies in sweater vests. It was really buff bad guys in a John Cusack movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what it was. Uh, to be honest with you, it's a, it's it's a uh, it's an idea that a, a, a gentleman by the name of Chris Chambers kind of came up with. He still works for WWE. Um, mm-hmm. And it's actually an idea from an old, an old movie or a book. I don't know if you read it in school. Uh, a movie called The Outsiders. Yeah, yeah. Pony Boy. Okay. Pony Boy. Stay gold. So uh, <laughs> we were, our characters were actually somewhat based uh, from that movie, uh, from the, being the socias. The guys that were dressed preppy and kind of took the, uh, you know, that preppy role, thought we were tougher than we really were. And, and uh, you know, at the time, uh, that was, it was a crazy time getting involved with that. It happened so fast. We never, we didn't know it was going to happen, and they didn't know it was going to happen. I don't think you know. No one. I don't think anyone expected our characters to go beyond. Well, I know they didn't. They didn't expect it to go beyond the couple weeks leading into WrestleMania. And to be honest with you, the after WrestleMania, the character was supposed to be dead. Um, but you know, Vince. Vince loves to take uh, advantage of a situation that, you know, if it's anything that he thinks the crowd will react to, he, uh, he'll he run with it, you know. And <clears throat> when we were at WrestleMania, we uh, we were sitting in the front row in, in that match with uh, Shane and X-Pac. We were involved in the match, and we had the um, – we were involved, in, and we looked up, and we – Rodney and I were, were blown away by uh, the amount of photos – I mean, not photos, I'm sorry, signs with our names on it. So for us, it was it was pretty impressive. Like, you know, we were, we'd only been on television a couple times. Uh, the week before WrestleMania, we were on in Albany, New York. It was a live uh, Monday Night Raw. That's the same night that Stone Cold came out with the beer truck and sprayed Vince and Shane and The Rock in the middle of the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had, we really had no idea that this thing was really gonna, you know take on something that it did or at least last for three years we had no idea it was going to do that but uh like i said vince will take care of it take advantage of a situation if he thinks he he has something he'll run with that's what he'll do so and and he did and uh the what was always presented on television was uh that you were all shane mcmahon's friends growing up and you know in that time there was you know we always wondered is that true is that the case uh, what are the origins of that? Did you and Rodney and Joey indeed all grow up as uh, Shane's friends? Well, the, the truth of the matter is, uh, Shane, Rodney knew Shane out of all of us the longest. They went to junior high school together, and I knew who I knew who they both were. Um, we were in junior high school. You have there was you have different sections of Greenwich, and you know there's the. I was actually from the preppiest uh, uh, section of Greenwich, where and those guys weren't, but they were. It was there was more money in that area, and then there was another part of Greenwich which was considered the low income, if there is such a thing in Greenwich. You know, there's a couple of low income housing areas, but other than that, I was in. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the the group the group we knew each other, and but then when we went to junior high, is when the three of us really got close and became very good friends. Shane and I both played on the offensive line. I was the right tackle. He was the left guard. Rodney was the fullback. But it was more than that. We spent a lot of time together. <clears throat> we just realized that we were all really pretty close friends. 
Now, the Joey Abs character, who's played by Jason Arndt, he is named after a friend of ours named Joey Abazia. Okay. Who was uh, a, a good friend of ours, and he was just, you know, just as crazy as the three of us are together. <laughs> and um, it turned out that, you know, the real Joey Abs wasn't able to. They, they needed to... So let me rewind. So what happened was, I told you we were supposed to, our characters were really supposed to be done uh, after WrestleMania. Ten days after Mania, they brought us back, and you know they they brought us back into Shane's office and said, hey, you know we have the, you know we want to bring you guys on the road, and it was just Rodney and I, and but we weren't up to speed to be able to compete with the best of the business, you know, in the WWE. So we had to learn, and as we were learning, we were doing certain things, but then our characters, you know, we had to eventually, instead of jumping people and getting our butts kicked, we had to actually be in, start to be in matches. Um, that's when we eventually lost the Loser Leave Town match with, uh, with Briscoe and Patterson, which proudly I'll say is still one of the highest rated segments in uh, wrestling history on cable TV. I don't know if you guys knew that. Um, we know now. So anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> I said I know now. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, it was a, for a 15-minute segment on cable television. That 15-minute segment where we faced uh, Briscoe and Patterson was the highest in in uh, cable in cable history up to a certain point. I don't know if it's been beat since, but as of the time I saw uh, Gerald Briscoe for his Hall of Fame induction, uh, when I saw him ran over to me and gave me a big hug and told me that we still had the record. So <laughs> as of that point, we still had it. I don't know what happened since. Oh, so that's awesome. You think of all the, when you think of all the guys like Rock, Stone Cold, uh, Goldberg, all these guys that are, have ever been in the business, for two guys who wore sweater vests from Greenwich with hardly any experience, especially at that time, to get, to get, a rate, to get the ratings we did during a Monday Night War, I think that's a credit to you guys, and, and one of the things that always drew me to you guys is you guys really, really enjoyed it. You guys had fun together, it was always apparent on camera, and you guys really ate it up. Like, you guys would chew that scenery, you guys would really be those bullies, and then to see the two legends of Briscoe and Patterson and you guys having that match, I rewatched it again on the network recently, and you guys tear the place up and the crowd goes crazy for it. They want yeah, to see you get your asses beat. really we really worked hard like Rodney and I had, would have endless conversations uh, traveling from from uh, town to city to city whatever you want to call it and even you know even when we were practicing constantly in the, when we weren't on television we were practicing with dr. Tom Pritchard in Stanford um, we would constantly talk about how we ha we didn't want to screw this up for the McMahon family that was our biggest concern you know like Shane like I said yeah as we talked about it was a friend growing up and yeah they were they were taking a chance with us and we mm -hmm. didn't we fell in love with it we, we were in love with it long before we ever got asked to do it um but as far as like once we got there uh we didn't really you know we didn't want to let it go and because of that we said we said all right no matter what happens let these guys beat the shit out of us we're gonna we will heal we're tough enough to deal with it, which we were, 
know if you've ever seen, but uh, the, um, what's his name, uh, the chair shot that Bradshaw hit me with on a Monday Night Raw. Yeah. The Acolytes. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know if you ever saw it or not, but it was so devastating that night getting the hit. The following day, we took a charter to, uh, to Tallahassee, where we had to face the Acolytes again. We were on the tarmac. Mick Foley came up to me and said, hey, uh, how you doing? And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I said, I'm good. Well, you know, I, I'd never show, even if I was her, I'd never show it because mm-hmm. that's the way we were brought up. And I was actually fine, but uh, he did he did ring my bell that night pretty hard. And he said, Pete, he says, I've taken a lot of chair shots. He said, that was pretty, that was pretty hard. He said, uh, you know, he was, we're just talking about it and he just, could not believe how hard Bradshaw laid that thing in. And then about a minute or two later, Jericho walks up to me and says, you know, he asked me, he goes, how you doing? And I said, um, I'm all right. He goes, no, no, no. How are you doing? And I, I was like, no, I'm, I said, I'm fine. I'm good. So they were trying to find out how, how it was. I know I earned a lot of respect that night mm-hmm. because as you guys know, there's a lot of, res- it's all about respect in this business. Um, but that night, so Jericho says to me, he goes, well, you know you're going to end up facing them again tonight. And we're in Tallahassee, and Farouk went to Florida State. So most likely they're just going to beat the shit out of us, which they ended up doing that night anyway. Um, <laughs> he, said, he said, you know what? He goes, if you're going to get hit with a chair, feed them your back. Don't feed your head. You don't want to take too many of those uh, chair shots. So it just turned out where... You know, the office wanted to make sure I didn't get hit again because they were worried about concussions and all that other stuff back then as well. So I didn't get I didn't get hurt, so I was fine. But uh, it was pretty devastating. Uh, but that was just, just the way we were back then. We we wanted to make sure that Vince see Vince was taking a, a, a gamble with us. Um, <clears throat> you know, giving the crowd what they wanted. And when you think about it, he took two guys who were Shane's friends. With athletic backgrounds, you know, Rodney was an always an athlete. I was I played college football at UConn, um, so we had athletic backgrounds. And he threw us in the ring with the best best of in the industry, the top. You could you couldn't get any higher, especially as far as I'm concerned. And um, said, okay, go out for ten minutes, don't get killed. You know, and we went out there and we hung with them. And we tried to put everybody over, make everyone look good. And in doing so, you know, that's why you know, we did have fun with it. Like when we did the 24-7 stuff, which I'm sure you guys are going to want to eventually talk about because that was probably the best time of my life. <laughs> the um, Like the 24-7 stuff, like we actually got, by that time, we had been in the business now for about a year and a half and been done a little bit. We actually got to give input on what we would do when we go to these certain locations. And we had, we had a blast doing it. It was just... You know, when it came down to like we end up fighting each other, like mm-hmm. we were really fighting each other. <laughs> so it, it, it was one of those things where when you're, you know, when you're a kid, you fight each other, but it doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. And we we would literally just fight each other. It was, it was awesome, great time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and that's that's an amazing part too that you talk about. I mean, you, you say at that point you're only in a year and a half. You guys weren't cast. Um, it wasn't the idea of oh Shane will have friends that he, that grew up in you know in Greenwich and will cast those parts from other wrestlers that were were waiting to bring in. They actually used you guys, right? Which which was a, a, an advantage for us. 
plus, but a disadvantage too. Because you know there were guys that, like I said before about respect, the business is about respect. I mean, when you think about it, if you and I were going to wrestle right now, I'm putting my life in your hands, and you're putting your life in mine. I think it's more the latter, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> I think it's more the latter, to be perfectly honest. But it's more of more of Scott's life in yours. <laughs> no, 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 I have not. Picture being thrown into a ring with I don't uh, I don't know Chris Jericho mm-hmm. or Edge, and saying and, and you're you're you are being told you're on live television, you're in front of 20, like fifteen, seventeen thousand people. And then you got millions all around the world watching you. Don't hurt this guy. Make sure you do something. Yeah. Now, now that's why you know I, that's why when fans shit on Rodney and I and the Meat Street Posse and all that stuff, that's fine. I don't like. I don't expect. You know, they may not like the character. That's fine. If they hated us, we were doing our job. Right. We were told. We we were told that we were heels. We were told what to do. If if we did it and you guys hated us, great. That's exactly what we were supposed to do. Mission accomplished. But if um, to think about it in that scenario where you're taken off the street, thrown into a ring, and being told, okay, put on a show. And by the way, we know you don't know what you're doing, but do the best you can. And it went over. And we made almost three out of just about three years out of it. That's, that's something. There's got to be something to be said for that. It is impressive. That is really impressive. Yeah, you're learning so fast and so quick each night that you don't have a choice. You don't you don't have all the time to prep and do everything and have all the years of experience. You're thrown in right away, like you said, with the best, and you learn so fast and put on um, such an amazing show for it. Right, but like I started to say before, I and I apologize. I wander, so I start saying things, and I go on a little tangent, and I start going. It's that little bit of John Madden in me. I start going all over the place. <laughs> but what what I was going to say to you was, uh, you know, on the flip side, there's wrestlers that have been there. They've paid their dues. They've, you know, they've gone. They've dr- driven hours in cars to work for twenty five bucks a day. Guys, you know, guys like Stone Cold that had to live on potatoes, you know, bags of potatoes to survive, and you know. I res- you can't help but respect guys like that, but those you know some of those guys didn't respect us at first. Right. You know they we were looked at at first as oh shit these guys are they're riding Shane's coattails. That's not what we wanted to do. That's not what we wanted to be. You know we <clears throat> we were there to do something. At first we were there to do the McMahon's a favor. After that we were there to do our. You know, do our jobs, and you know, to get better. And then we became, we we fell in love with something, and we just wanted to be a part of it even more and more. And when those guys, when those same exact guys started to see us get our heads kicked in, get my head bashed in by Bradshaw, all the all the all the little things that we would do day in and day out to try to get better. Once we started doing all that stuff, slowly but surely, you know, like they would never. They wouldn't be du- guys wouldn't be douchebags in the in the in the locker room, but you could tell who didn't respect you, who didn't. I mean, we're mm-hmm. not idiots. But then, as, as time goes on, and I'll give you a perfect example, because I hated his guts, and then I loved him like a brother. Was Test? Test didn't like us. Test went in the hard way. 
he he you know, he, he earned his dues and all that stuff. He he he, he went and, and uh, his character evolved. And when we first started our angle against him right before the loser, uh, not the loser leave time, the lover lever match for mm-hmm. SummerSlam when it was Shane versus Test. This guy Shane uh, Test hated us, and and because he hated us, see we never hated anyone. We knew we understood what was going on, and but Test was very stiff in the ring he was doing things on purpose to, to piss us off and I, there's a couple times like if I look back at matches I would tell my wife you see, I, see that that's the real anger because she knows that real anger sometimes not on her but other in other situations and she's like you're really mad there aren't you I was like yeah I'm mad that's it I said he kicked me in the throat so we were pissed off so then when we prepared for SummerSlam uh, Shane brought Test and Joey Abs, who's really Jason Art from North Carolina. He had him fly and stay with us, and we prepared for a full week for that match. And I will argue with anyone that I feel that that match was the best match of the night. It was entertaining. It had a little bit of everything. Um, it had props. It had uh, great false finishes. Crowd popped. I don't know if you guys remember the match or not. I do. Yeah. But, um,
back. This can't be true. You can't do this to me. You know, I never got to say goodbye, so I'm getting a little choked up saying it. Uh, it was. It got to be one of those things where, you know, I, I was just hoping that it was just a lie. An hour later, right before I left to, for, I, I, I left to help my friend out. I found out that it was, uh, in fact, true, and he had passed away. And uh, that's probably the toughest, or one of the toughest things about the business is you get to be so close with these guys, even when you start off as enemies or you know someone hates you. And then in this business, it's just so difficult where people end up passing away too young. That's, that's one of the toughest things about this business is, you know, like I can go back to a, a, an episode of Raw when we first started, and I can count, shit, probably like 10, 11 guys that are gone, mm-hmm. and some of them are younger than me, and I'm only 45 years old. You know, it's too, they go too early, so hopefully now, you know, with their drug program that uh, WWE's put in, and, you know, I guess, uh, you know, the stuff with, the, you know, concussions and no chair shots all the things that go on with it now hopefully now that number will rise on you know i mean we'll you know guys won't die as young they'll die a lot later in life which is what we're hoping for and we'll go and uh because it's just it's a horrible thing to know that you know all these guys keep passing away too young it's just it's it's brutal so. well yeah you guys like you said the story with tess that you you start in one place you start as rival performers looking to get that spotlight and feeling maybe someone doesn't deserve it. I mean, Steve and I are performers, we're actors, and we know that feeling of the ego getting in the way and then performing with people week after week and building uh, that respect. And- yeah, you build that respect. You, you mm-hmm. see, the, they bring the best out of you. Um, it sounds like also just in terms of how physical it is and the like crazy hours and all that time on the road. It seems like those are also the people that you kind of like those friendships are the people that when you do call up, it's like there's no time at all past. And there was something about you talking about that that was I'm sorry for your loss. Like I was just thinking about yeah. it. it's very tragic because it seems like you probably know guys where it's like even though it's been multiple years, you spent a time together that was so bonding that when you call up, it's like that friend from school or whatever. It's no time at all past. You're back in the same groove. You're just back to your same old tricks, you know, with your with your one of your best friends. Right. I mean, you, you, you nailed it when you just said that because, for example, uh, like Rodney, uh, I live in Long Island now. Uh, Rodney lives in in New Jersey, and you know, Rodney's got a wife, and two beautiful daughters, and and I'm married here on the island. I don't have any kids, but so my time, I always have a little bit more time to do things like if I want him to come play golf or if I want to whatever you know whatever the case is. Um, <clears throat> he doesn't always have the time, mm-hmm. and there's times where like I'll call him, and or we just go without talking, only because you know I'm busy playing softball four nights a week. He's doing his thing, and then all of a sudden, the uh, you know we get on the phone after a few months, and it's or whatever month, month and a half, and it's like we never missed a beat. And that's the way it is with Shane. You know, I, I uh, when I talk to Shane now, it's not as often he's doing he's off doing different different ventures with uh, his, his other company or his company that he's, he's uh, with um, but when I do talk to him it's like hey he go, you know like nothing it's like I've never missed a beat it's never like we've gone too long no one gets mad everyone understands and it's just it just picks up where we 
we left off, and it's 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 the best. But be, it's because, and you know, it, it, it could be with it, that that same conversation could be with Matt Bloom, Prince Albert, Tensai, whatever you want to call him now. You know, that's it's it's those conversations of these with these people that it's just there's always this bit of respect, and you're you're spending so you're spending more time with these guys than you are with your own family. You know, I mean, when we started doing this, Rodney had got, just gotten married. And I spent more time with Rodney than his wife. In fact, you know, we used to joke about it, saying like almost like we were the married couple. <laughs> and I, because and it's, but it's true, like you know, and you're you're great. He, he was easily my best friend. I spent more time with him more than anyone else. And uh, it's just, it's just that's one of those things where you just eventually, you know, you do you get on each other's nerves? Sure, you know, like we'd be driving in a car, Rodney be hitting his water bottle. Like, dashboard you want to kill him you ask him to stop two seconds later he's doing it again <laughs> and it's like yeah, you know, we get on each other's cases but it doesn't change you know a minute later we're joking and laughing about something else yeah, you're you looking know, at each other going those things you just you the relationship there is just it, it's it's amazing what that that bond uh that's that's part of the biggest part of depression like i said before you know it's losing these guys um when you, when you get released from WWE, obviously the money, it hurts. Obviously, you know, and we didn't, Rodney and I didn't make a ton of money. You know, we weren't like these other guys. But uh, <clears throat> we did it for other reasons. And when you get let go, you know, sure, you miss the money. You miss going to a restaurant and having a meal comped because they saw you on television or you signed a few autographs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's about being in that locker room. It's about... You know, putting on that show, it's about that crowd, that rush that you get. Whether they love you or hate you, there's no bigger rush walking out on, into that uh, into the ring. Um, it's a very addicting thing, and that's why it's even harder now for these the guys that are doing it now. Because once they get released, where do you go? You know, like, you, you go to Europe? I mean, I guess, but, you know, it's not the same as being with WWE. Right. So. Yeah, they. It's. I'm sure it's you're spoiled you know it's 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 such a it's such a large stage it's such a large platform that you know hardly anything else uh, fits that bill but um talking about what you had mentioned a little bit earlier with the um with the hardcore division something that you guys got to do um that you said oh you wouldn't be able to do this anywhere else so you talk about well, where else are you gonna go europe well in between all of that you guys at the time this is probably 1999 2000 i was going back and watching stuff and you guys were fighting in an airport you guys tore up you you guys tore up an airport watching wrestlers and i'm assuming some passengers and some people that worked at the airport watching what's going on and all the mayhem there you guys tore it up this is pre-9-11 and just ripping a house in an airport chapter just the ad uh with the hardcore division that could be done about this whole era we went to an airport you know the newark airport and we we weren't given permission to do this (laughs) are you serious we went i mean that's why this would never take place nowadays there's no way we went to we went to a baggage pickup area The, the the one belt there was nothing going on at that belt we told one security guy 
hey, we're gonna we're gonna be over here filming a hardcore thing. We're we're shooting over in New Jersey at American Airlines Arena. The guy was like, okay, you know, hurry up, don't do it too long. And you know, we put it together. We all put our little part in how what we thought we were gonna do. And then <clears throat> we went. We did one take, maybe two. I don't I don't think there was two takes mm-hmm. because we were in such a, we were so pressed for time and that we didn't want to get in trouble. We went, we shot this thing, and we got the hell out of there quick. And that's the way we did. That's why, like, we would do things. We went to hotel rooms and, you know, all the places we went. We just went to, to locations and just started shooting, you know, sometimes with permission, sometimes with not. You know, we, we weren't given permission. And that was, it was so much fun back then for some of the things that were we were able to do and, and uh, you know, like, given the freedom to, to give our input. And, you know, like I said earlier, you know, I had been in the business for about a year and a half. And just for example, uh, you know, like when we went to Philadelphia, we were next door to, uh, what was it, the Spectrum had, uh, had, the, had the circus. And they had us dress up like clowns. Now, we were giving our input. You know, I was saying, well, I'll use a high-pitched voice. I couldn't do that high-pitched voice now if you paid me. I, I don't even know how I did it, but I did. I was like, okay, at the end, I'll still, I'll still stay in character in that high-pitched voice. And we started adding our own little comedy flair to it, mm-hmm. and it got over with the crowd. We couldn't I, like. That's why when we finally went out for WrestleMania that year, WrestleMania 2000, and we had that battle royal, the hardcore battle royal. Yes. There was if there was real shock when we came out to after our introduction to some pops like the crowd some of, we had some pops out of that crowd <clears throat> and I, I kind of looked at Rodney and I was just like can you fucking believe this <laughs> yeah, we're, we're supposed to be bad guys but we actually got a pop it, it gave me goosebumps I mean I get goosebumps now when I tell these stories and it was just like I couldn't believe that we were actually getting it you know getting getting you know some pops on this thing and we were getting into it and it made you just want to it makes you just want to perform even harder for these people when, when that happens. Well, I'll tell you a story uh, that what my experience, I went to WrestleMania 2000. Okay. I I was uh, I was 20 years old. I went with my brother. My brother took me to all. How old were you? I was 20. Oh, okay. Okay. My brother, my brother took me to the show. He always took me to shows, but this was our first WrestleMania. We're living in Southern California and it yeah. was, it was so exciting. We're, we're primed and pumped, ready to go. So we go to the show. Uh, the hardcore battle royal is coming up, and um, there were three guys sitting in front of us. Three friends, very quiet, didn't do anything. Long hair, just kind of that grunge, still hanging out, hanging out from the grunge scene. You guys come out. They stand up and they go nuts. <laughs> Throughout the match, they're they're watching everything happens. You win your second hardcore title. The guy in the middle flips out, holds up a sign, and says, Yeah, finally, bitch! And has a sign, Pete Gas, two-time hardcore champ. <laughs> That's awesome. We're in, that, that, to me, that makes me... That make, you make my day when I hear that stuff, because you gotta understand, like, again, we were just regular guys that were picked up off the street. Right. And we are you know, friends with Shane, and they put us in a situation that was only supposed to be for a few weeks we did some vignettes and all that and went to made that first mania now a year after that 
I got a, I got a guy in the middle of, the, of three guys holding up yelling bitch. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that, you, to go from that to, to, you know, where I, you know, from one end to the other, to me, that makes my day because that means I did, I did do something right. And that's what I mean. Like, I, I laugh, you know, like, I laugh with the internet. I never really was a big internet guy, like I told you guys earlier. Mm-hmm. And then <clears throat> some of these things that go on the internet, I look and I'll see a, a comment from a guy like, yeah, those guys sucked. Yeah, those guys were pussies. Oh, really? I like I laugh, but I'm like, you know, it's fine. It doesn't matter because, you know, obviously the kid has no idea what he's talking about, and I'd love to see his head get hit slammed with a, with a chair. <laughs> but, like, to me, it's like to, to get that reaction of a positive thing like that just blows my mind. It, it's easy for someone to say, oh, these guys sucked. Because right. they don't – someone like that doesn't get it. Like, okay, maybe we aren't – Jeff Hardy, we're not, you know, we're not, we're not big high flyers. We're not, you know, we we we're not the best, you know, we're not technically sound like a, a Dean Malenko, you know, we we're not. I know that, but we've only been doing it for a year and a half at the time. So that's why, to me, it's funny when I, I hear, you know, when I hear people actually appreciate it or whatever the case is, like that makes my day. I I thank you for that because uh, that's always good. For good news to hear sometimes well the uh, the the rest of that story is they they got up they cheered they high-fived and then the rest of wrestlemania 2000 they sat and watched that was <laughs> that was the moment that was what they showed up for the title match the intercontinental match tag titles everything everything else that happened in that show they just sat and watched you guys were the the moment of the show for them and uh, that was infectious. Like, our whole section up there was just like, yeah, fuck yeah, peak ass, two-time hardcore champ. <laughs> That's great. Um, I'm getting put over. I never get put over. Uh, well, you do on this show, uh, believe me. <laughs> and that match was hellacious. You you were bleeding like crazy. I mean, that was a match where I, I was watching it with my roommates and telling them, at that show, the hits that you guys took from all those uh, those baking sheets and everything that was hit on you guys does not even transcend to the to the volume that it was live that what you heard in in the arena was so much louder than how it conveys on TV well the truth the truth behind that whole story was you know, we we all had a walkthrough on what we were gonna do and a lot of that match you know there's certain things where they're supposed to happen in certain areas but um, the truth of that match is that you know most of it dad lived um, mm-hmm. So once we had our meeting, uh, you know, guys like Bradshaw and and, uh, and a couple of the other veterans, they said, "Listen, you know, this is WrestleMania. We're everyone laid in really good. No one, no one, no one wants to really hurt someone. You know, like we're, we're every, they, they basically said everybody laid in real good. We'll say our sorrows when we get back and get in the back. Right. So <clears throat> during that match, someone had the bright idea to put in a. Um, a box fan and uh when they put the box fan in you know one of those square fans yeah viscera hit me with that and i i go down and it, you could actually kind of see it at that moment like you see me get hit in the head and because the camera starts coming around uh the camera's like f- kind of following us as i get hit in the head with this this box fan I, it turns out I end up going down and I'm selling the fact that I got hit in the head with a box fan and uh, I feel 
liquid, which I think I thought was sweat rolling down my face. And you could see in the video, some guy puts his hand in front of the camera. That same guy is, he yells, he yells to his buddies, Pete Gas is bleeding. <laughs> so I look down and I have like a river of blood pouring down my face and forming a puddle about the size of a softball on this, on, on the outside of the ring. So I knew I was fine, and I was always told by, like, other guys when they do it, they, they kind of go, and they kind of push it out. So I was trying to push more blood out of my head because I knew I was okay. It was, a, it was like an open wound, but it wasn't like I wasn't going to die, you know? Right. So I'm pushing more out, and then my, then my role for the rest of the match was to just go out there and sit like, like I'm dying, you know? So now... The guys, if you look, you'll see, if you go back and look at the match, you'll see guys like Farouk grab me and pull me out, like has, like he has me by the back of my sweater. Mm-hmm. He's checking on me. Um, I can't think of his name. This is what happens when you hit in the head, you forget names. Uh, <laughs> I can't think of the referee's name. Timmy White. That's yeah. It. Timmy White is constantly checking on me to make sure because, you know, he's being told with his earpiece to check on me and all that, and I'm fine. So anyway, we kept going, but Farouk took me over to an area. He's like, are you okay? And I remember he took me over right in front of where my Michael Clark Duncan was sitting. Sitting, And I go, I'm fine. With that, he gave me a punch. He you know, like punched me in the face, <laughs> and I went down and sold it, and he went back to, to wrestling. So eventually what happens is the whole group ends up going backstage, and the fight breaks out backstage. I know when we come back out, it's my part to hit uh, Thrasher and, and pin him for the title. Mm-hmm. So by now, I have blood in my eyes. I can barely see what's going on. I'm trying to wipe my eyes, and I see here comes Thrasher walking past me. And I, don't, I know I can hear it because I listen for it. As we're going through the curtain to go back out, I actually tried to whisper to Thrasher, is this my part? Is this my part? Because I couldn't fucking see. So... <laughs> He never answered me, but I knew once I saw, I, I, I was able to see a little bit. I was able to get it, get out to that part. I knew that I was supposed to get on him, spray him with the fire extinguisher, and go for the pin. So, but it's just, you know, that, that to me, that was awesome because it, there was just so much to it, and there was so much ad-libbing, and again, to go from not knowing how to take a bump a, a year, a little over a year prior to being in Mania, that's pretty special. And then, that's why when I he raises when Timmy White raises my hand when I win, I actually let out a yell because all the emotion of like realizing like yeah all right I'm gonna lose the thing again in probably 20 seconds 20 30 seconds, but it's going down in the record books as that's my second championship, you know, and this last these last three sentences lasted longer than I've said for my whole my two championships combined, <laughs> but again it's still something that I was able to do and. It'll go in the books, and it's fun, and, you know, it just makes you feel good that you have some kind of accomplishment in the three years that I was there. Yeah, you have that great warrior moment. that you're, yeah. It's that primal scream. Your, your face is bloody. You have the perfect color sweater vest that's yellow and covered in blood as well. And, yeah, yeah it's it, it's that great moment because it, it comes off as true and genuine, as you said. It, it was all that emotion coming through. When you, 
ring, a lot of times they are hurt. They do get hurt. Mm -hmm. But their adrenaline and what they're doing there is getting them through the match. And then it's when they get in the car or get backstage or get in the car or get back to the hotel room. That's when the ice packs come out. That's when the, ow, that really hurt type moment comes in. But, you know, that, that adrenaline that what, what we did in the ring and what guys do now, it's, just, it's unbelievable how much pain you're willing to take and what you can, your body's willing to accept. It's, it's just, it's unbelievable. It really is. Well, and, and we're just scratching the surface of all the stuff we can talk about, but I know that you're also working on a project. You are working on a book. It's going on with our lives, but now it's coming out. It's going to be a fun story. It's 
Um, it's not a Jose Canseco type book. You know, <laughs> it's nothing. I don't. I don't uh, bash anybody. Uh, but it's it gives you a fun version of. It gives you an idea of what it was like backstage. It tells. There's there. You know. There's a lot of name dropping. There's fun stories. Fun stories with Undertaker and Kane, and, and you know, there's Mick Foley stories, and there's you know, there's all sorts of stuff in there that you know, stuff that happened on the road. Um, Ken Shamrock stories, uh, just some good fun stuff that any fan of the Attitude Era would really, I really think, would enjoy this book. And the reason why I say it is because I told you earlier I play a lot of softball, mm-hmm. and. In between games, sometimes you're playing these tournaments, you play like six to ten games in a day. Sometimes you get, you know, like an hour or two off, and guys end up sitting around. Some guys drink beer, some guys, you know, whatever. And I always found every time I played in a tournament, I would be, I'd have a huddle of people around me asking me questions about wrestling and what it was like and, you know, who was, how was this person and what did they do and, you know, tell us about certain things that happened and, you know, so I always had these stories, and everyone was so, like, people weren't, like, drifting away. They were, more and more people would always constantly come and, and were amazed by the stories. They wanted to hear more. They were excited about it. And all these reasons made it more easier for me to do the book because I figured, you know, if the stories are that good and people really like it just there, and some of these people heard these stories over and over again and they enjoyed it that much, I'm like, why not? So when I did it with this guy, John, John said to me, um, he's like, he's like, I think it's going to be a really good book. So now I asked uh, Bradshaw, JBL, I asked JBL to do the forward for my book, and he said he'd be honored, which was great. And I said, would you like to read part of the book before you do it? And he said, absolutely. It was one of the biggest thrills for me because this is a guy that's been in the business and he's seen it all and he's done it all he came back and he said he he was thoroughly entertained it was one of those things where he absolutely loved it there's a couple of stories um you guys know what wrestler's court is yes okay so you got wrestler's court wrestler's court is uh for people that don't know uh, a wrestler can sue another wrestler kind of like uh in baseball there's a kangaroo court and the only difference between wrestling court and other a real court is in wrestling court you could lie, cheat, and steal to get to win your case. And at this one specific story, the acolytes uh, sue Teddy Long for being <laughs> quote unquote a cheap motherfucker. And it's it's a hysterical story. It's one of my funniest uh, moments in in the, in this thing, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. And uh, who was the judge of that case? I'll save it. I'll save it for the. I'm sure if you dig, you'll you'll see. I told the story on the internet before, but I'm trying to get people to buy this book, so you'll love this story. And Bradshaw told me that he's heard people tell the story so many times. He said, "But I actually got it exactly the way it happened." So, <laughs> um, who's, who's... I enjoyed it, and I hope you guys. I hope everyone who's listening goes out and gets a copy and and. You know, whether it's an ebook or whatever, and when it comes out, I hopefully you guys will have me back to promote it, and we'll go from there. And so, anyway, but uh, 
Can you? I'm, I'm really excited about it. It should be pretty fun. Pete, can you at least tell us who was uh, who was presiding over that case? Who the judge was? Who the uh, the judge was Triple H. Oh. oh okay. So it's it usually goes by seniority. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would have been Undertaker, but Undertaker was out with an injury at the time. Um, so the next in line was Triple H. Okay. The bailiff was the Godfather. <laughs> um, and there is a surprise witness uh, by Teddy Long, and her name was May Young. Wow. Absolutely fucking hysterical. It's, wow. It's, it's great. It's a great, great story. It's so much. I sat next to Kurt Angle. We both had. Uh, we were, we both chewed the same tobacco. We both almost choked on our. Uh, <laughs> we almost both swallowed our tobacco. We were laughing so hard. That sounds tremendous, and uh, absolutely yes. We're we're always encouraging of uh, you know wrestlers pursuing other projects and and going into other mediums and writing a book. Like you writing a book sounds really awesome. It's getting all those great stories out there, and uh, and like our show, we're not about bashing names and and saying shitty stuff about guys. It's it's good that it's a celebration of of what your career was and all the stories that you've gone through and you've had. And that sounds like a really great read.
They're very, that locker room is unlike any other locker room, <clears throat> whether it be football, anything. That it's so strict about respect, and for him to go over and he didn't have to do that. I still thought the world of him before. Now he just brings it to a whole other level, and I never forgot that, and I, I appreciate that, and just the things, um, just the things that you know that happen like that just blow me away when this business. Um, the other guy is, which is going to lead to another story, is John Cena. <clears throat> John Cena, I you know, I know people are tired of his character, and that's why they they shit on it and stuff like that. I get that, but if they ever realized how hard that guy works and how much love he has for the business, I think they'd have a hard time booing the guy because this guy. I've, I've heard stories how this guy. Uh, you know, they they go, they're doing something in Vegas, and then he rents a plane with his own money to fly to Philadelphia to do a Make-A-Wish, to turn back in the, on the plane and fly back to, to do Monday Night Raw. And then, you know, to, to the stuff that this guy does, it, it, it's, it, it's not respected enough. It's respected a lot, especially with the guys in the industry. Mm-hmm. But... I still think it deserves more respect just because he's, this guy, he does so much for so many people, even in his own personal life, that it's just like he doesn't get the, the credit he deserves. He gets a lot of credit, but he, he, he deserves a hell of a lot more. But, um, and then, which leads me to another thing that he did for me recently. Uh, my neighbor across the street was in a horrible boating accident and unfortunately lost lost her uh, right leg so we're doing a fundraiser for her at the end of October and I reached out to all the guys I know you know on you know from wrestling from Twitter and Facebook and guys who I had their phone numbers and not one guy uh, didn't reply back and not one guy you know uh, remember Midian Dennis Knight yeah of course yeah okay I had a real long conversation with him because we we bumped into each other at a um, at an autograph appearance in uh, about a year and a half ago, and we exchanged numbers. So I had it, and I called him, and we kind of you know caught up. And I told him, you know, I said I'm really sorry to ask it for a favor, but you know we're doing this fundraiser, and I really anything that you can donate would really. And I, I wasn't asking for money, just like autographs and stuff, so we could do an auction and try to get, raise some money. And he said, he said, gas, he goes, you know how the business is and you know how the boys are. We all stick together. And no matter what happens, we always stick together and stick by each other's side. And uh, there's not, I, he said, anything you need from me, you got it, if I could donate it. And I said, I was like, you know, it just blew me away to hear it. Because you, you know it, but when you hear someone actually come out and say it, it means so much more. And uh, so anyway, he he stepped up. Um, Cena stepped up. He, uh, he he sent me five autographed items, which I was expecting one. You know, he just but he stepped up. You know, and <clears throat> even the uh, the office. I'm waiting now. X Pac was supposed to send me some DX stuff, and uh, the office sent me some uh, some chairs from pay-per-views the last couple of WrestleMania stuff like that um, they sent me an autograph or a bunch of autographs too some, some
Wilson sent me about 15 to 20 photos, and I, I joked with my wife, you know, when, when, uh, when I, I, I opened up the package, the <laughs> pictures are kind of revealing. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, there's, there's going to be kids there. And I, I, I was kind of like saying, to, you know, I'm far from like a, the Bible beater, you know, conservative type of guy. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, it was, I looked at some of the pictures and, you know, I think in one of the pictures, Tori Wilson's wearing rope. And uh, <laughs> Victoria has like plastic wrapped around her, around her top. And I was just like, yeah, I don't know if we could send, we may have to, we may have to auction these off in a different location in, in order to raise as much money because I don't know how many moms are going to let kids, you know, keep this raffle present and put it, you know. The coolest moms? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, honey, we're going to have to confiscate these photos. Uh, we're not yeah. going to be able to sell these off at all. I'll just have to put these right, in the study. Right, right. The, the yeah, coolest moms on the planet? It. He's leaning his socks up against the wall because they're, they're stiff as a board, you know? <laughs> uh, well, those kids are winners. <laughs> so, but anyway, yeah. But the point is, everyone, everyone really sticks up, you know, uh, stands by and sends you stuff and treats you in a way that's just amazing. So. Well, it's great. It sounds like life is going really good. You got the book in the works. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping at some point here that maybe we're gonna see you pop up, you and the guys, maybe on the network or something like that. Maybe get your own show or show up on some segments or something. Um, Unless you know something, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to hear that. If you're, if you're breaking the news to me now, I'm all excited about it. But <laughs> well, they let's... Really, yeah, they had said something to me uh, a couple of months ago that because I'm so local that it, um, they may have something for me um, to do. But, you know, like, I'm local. You know, there's there's been pay-per-views right in the area. You know, like, mm-hmm. I, they don't... I, I think, they, you know, they have those, uh, those deals the legend deals and stuff and I think they try to utilize those and give the business you know give the work to those guys um I don't I don't know if they're actually uh planning on ever using us again or not but you know if they do like it says in the last chapter last paragraph of my book if they ever need me I'm there all they have to do is ask and I'll come running so well then let's get the word out there you know you got the book going out and, and doing all that so you know let's Hey, it's it's it might be another uh, another run of uh, being on the camera and and being being present again. So, uh, like I said before, it was a thrill to have you on the show. You had said that there was you didn't get respect in the beginning because of the spot that you got, but you guys were cast and you, Pete, you were cast in the right role because you were the right performer for it, and everything else that. Everything else that came about, you learned like any job. Nobody's ready for it until they're thrown right into it. You know, whatever it may be, you're never truly qualified to have it until you're in there learning it and doing it. And then you're a pro. And you guys brought so many great memories. And it's a treat for me and Steve to have you on the show today. And um, like like you said before, when the book comes out, absolutely love to have you on again. Anytime you want to come on the show, talk about stories, talk about things coming up. You're welcome to come back on the show anytime. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's been my pleasure uh, talking to you guys. I know I don't shut up sometimes, so I don't know if you guys had a few words to say or not. But uh, once I get going, I, I can't stop. But uh, I, if, uh, yeah, I'd love to come on again. And even if it's not about the book, whatever it's about, if you guys just want to just talk or whatever, that's fine by me. 
Sure. And if fans want to reach out to you, where can they do that? Uh, I am on Twitter at IMPGAS. And let's see what else. Um, that's it. I'm on Facebook, so if you can find me, that's great. It's Pete Gasparino <laughs> is my real name. Other than that, that's pretty much it. Uh, that's all I got, guys. Hopefully, uh, like I said, everyone uh, is interested in reading the book. I think once you do, you'll enjoy it, and uh, you get a couple really good out loud laughs and have some fun with it. Well, you got two sold right here. So, Pete, thank you so much. Thank you very much, guys. I hope we talk to you soon. It's an epic. Yeah. He's one of those people that I like getting to talk to because we get to hear so much of that that sort of aspect of him coming into it and sort of having to gain that respect. And that's kind of, to me, that's always sort of the, that heroic narrative that you don't get to hear about a lot, which is like, yeah, I went in, people gave me a lot of shit. I, I delivered. And then people, I gained respect. That's kind of what men like me and you demand all our lives quietly to no one. Uh, and Cole Cabana will never give it to us. No, no, he, never. That validation is not coming. It's not coming. It's it's not coming from Chris Jericho. It's not coming from Jr. Look, we, not even Sam Roberts. We just gotta keep sending them us sending them those VHS fan tapes. <laughs> yeah, of us filming fans. Yeah, these are for you <laughs> and some Rolos. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this I, I'm just thrilled to death that we got to talk with Pete. I'm excited for him that he's doing a book. That sounds really cool, and that JBL's doing the forward. At the least that man could do for bashing his brains and so much. Look, we'll keep you guys updated when we hear more about it. I'm very excited to read it. Yes, uh, and I want to hear all your guys' uh, potential book titles. So please tweet those at us and uh, Pete Gas as well, and send your send your book titles for Pete and us. I think that'd just be fun. Unless he's like, the hell? I didn't want this. I already have a title. I don't need your bullshit. <laughs> don't troll me. <laughs> Erase that episode. <laughs> Erased. Oh, no. PCAS has the power of a race. Uh, it's time for jerk tweets. Follow us on Twitter at Curtain Jerks and send us your hashtag jerk tweets. This week, we had a bombardment of um, of racial slurs. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Really gave me the chuckles. Uh, of people asking us what movie we'd want to watch with a wrestler or a celebrity in it involving a bet or not. So Wait, what? Like, this happened more than once? Yeah. Were they tagging each other? <laughs> Tag-teaming each other? No, like and, like it was the same six guys tweeting at us? No, it just happened all at once. Uh, like, GT 2010, um, also Chandler Koenig, uh, and one or two more that I just didn't jot down. I saw that there were more than two, and so I went, that's really strange. But yeah, so I'm going to condense it. It's going to be, uh, what movie would we watch with a wrestler and a celebrity what would it be and why and we're doing this in bed as well okay so i know i would want to watch right like we're all watching in bed are we sitting on the bed or are we like sitting long ways like wide ways wide ways yeah so we could all lay down comfortably without having to worry about thighs and shoulders touching wait a minute wait wait what you mean okay so king size bed yeah are normally your head would be where the pillows are at the head of the bed. Your heads and feet are on the more narrow sides of the bed. You're going long ways. I'm or like thinking, sideways. Yeah, like you. Yeah, you could fit more people on the bed that way. Oh, that's weird. 
Hey, the, it's still against the wall. You can still use the wall for pillows and stuff. Right, but you're stacking all. I just I I oh, picture that... like sardines. Like we're all just you know laying up against each other. No, no, no. If you do it long ways, you're closer to being sardines because then everybody's got to fit on the bed. If you do it wide ways, then everybody can actually sort of not have their shoulders hunched up. Right, but are you? And that way, Mark at... Henry isn't doesn't have a giant log arm. Just on top of me because I didn't. I was trying to be polite. Hey man, I'm just staring at your feet. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what you either staring at the back of someone's head or their feet, right? No. What are you even talking about? Okay, this is a bed, <laughs> and these are the people on it, like this, opposed to three guys that are completely shoulder to shoulder like that. Well, I put six of us in this bed when you said that. Ugh, see, that's why we're all watching the same movie at the same time. I get I get one wrestler and a celebrity, and you get one wrestler and a celebrity. So all you're right. right. There are six well, of us. Well, we're in a hotel with two king-size beds. Okay, but we're moving those king-size beds so they can be wide ways. Unless you want to be shoulder and thighs together, all my dudes are going to be comfortable and airy. You're going double dudes? What? You, I didn't say dudes. <laughs> I didn't say dudes. What are you even implying? Yeah, okay, my wrestlers are Paige and um, uh, Miam Bialik from Blossom. Boom, in your face. And our movie's Pretty Woman. No, 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 no. Dirty Dancing. <laughs> oh, fuck. That wins everything. I don't know. Oh, to... No, who are your dudes, Scott? Who are your dude wrestlers? Fine, my dudes that, I've, that I'm going to watch a movie with. You, um, you'll be totally jealous because... My dudes will be, um, uh, it'll be Robbie E. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, also Donald Trump. Oh, wow. Celebrity, huh? Going politics. Yeah, All right. That's right. Big deal. Okay. Yeah, big deal. And, and we're going to watch Wall Street. Oh, good. Well, I Money hope, never sleeps. I, I hope that our, I hope that our audio systems don't compete or we're all going to be in headphones. Yeah. Maybe we'll all be in headphones. There. I hope Twitter's happy. Oh, I know I'm happy. Um. <laughs> uh, God, uh, yeah. So, Steve, not only that, uh, we've had Jesse Ventura uh, pop in on the show from time to time. Yeah, he's a big deal. A big fan of Running Man, this guy pointing at myself <laughs> for radio. Glad you wouldn't watch that with the ladies. Uh, I watched Running Man with my wife the other day, and we loved it. Really? Yeah. Where'd you find it? Uh, Netflix? Netflix. Is it doing on Netflix right now? I think so, yeah. Mm, that's good. Mm, it's very good. We also watched... Who's, did I tell you we watched First Blood maybe a couple months ago, and she said it was one of the best movies she'd ever seen? No way! Yeah, she's telling people about it. But the problem is she kept saying, go see Rambo, Rambo. And I'm like, that's the fourth one. It's really good, yeah, yeah. but I don't think it's going to denote what you're saying. Mm -hmm. uh, like, that one's gruesome and great. Yeah, but, but that gruesome. first one is awesome. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to try to get her to watch uh, Part Blood, for, Part Blood, First Two. <laughs> uh, first Blood Part Two, because that one's rad, too. Who's her favorite running man? Like, who's her favorite, uh, what do they call him? It's not Yafit Koto. No, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know if she's The like, Gladiators or the... Yeah, the Gladiator. Which which is her favorite of those? Like, she's like, ooh, he's uh, cool. We didn't, we didn't pick. Who's yours? I mean, I remember, like, when I was a kid, we'd always pick. Mm -hmm. I really liked Sub-Zero a lot. Yeah, him and Buzzsaw were the best. Yeah, because, like, but always Sub-Zero was like, yeah, Mortal Kombat, but from a decade earlier. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, what was Ventura's name? Captain America. No, it's not Captain America. I think it is. It's like Captain America or Captain Liberty or... Is it? What? No, I can't. That's copyright infringement. I, I don't know. And then who was the, uh, uh, who was the opera singer? Dynamo? Dynamo, Yeah. Dynamo was really cool up until his pants come off. Yeah, he was pretty gross. 
that, that was yeah i didn't once his pants came off and he's in his uh box his white boxers i lost all respect for that character well, you know, he's a rapist, so that's not a problem, Scott. Well, there's that too, yeah. <laughs> but what a sweet car! It's Captain Freedom, if you're wondering what the name was. Oh, Mr. Ventura, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jesse Ventura to the podcast today. Waiting outside the whole time and hearing all the names be butchered that it's Captain America or Captain Rapist or something silly of that nature. If Captain... you guys spinning some kind of a yarn trying to tarnish my legacy no, of Ms. what I've done in the cinema. No, no, no. We are big fans of yours, uh, Mr. Ventura. Now... Captain Liberty it was, correct? Captain Freedom. There oh, you go geez. again trying to change um, the past. No, and trying oh, to no. change what's happened and rewrite history. That was a genuine like mistake. Like the WWE does with all their conspiracies that go on and everything that happens. What what conspiracies? I was unaware. There's of it. always conspiracies in wrestling that no one wants to address that's going on all the time. Uh like anything current that you could talk about? All the time there's current everything. Okay. Right now did you were you even aware that there are two canes on television. Uh, now, this is puzzling. So there is corporate cane. There's corporate cane. Bald. Yes, he has very little hair. He's not quite bald. But there you are trying to change what's going on right now to try and warp everyone's mind as to what's happening. He has red hair, but it's cut very short. Now, and then there's also Big Red Machine Cane. The Demon Cane is what he's called. Okay. But again, if you want to change the moniker of what he is and change all the advertising so that way sponsors can't get their money's worth and then you're trying to take it all down like you're a part of the Illuminati. You go right ahead, mister. Oh, wow, Mr. Ventura. I, uh, it sounds like you've given this a lot of thought. It's right there, right in front of you. It's clear to see. There aren't two canes. There's only one cane, and the other cane is Osama Bin Laden. Oh, wow. You know what, Mr. Ventura? I Honestly, I feel like now we're really getting into the, like, now we're getting into the real dark web conspiracy it's stuff. It's really dark, yeah. yeah. The idea that WWE's trying to give Osama Bin Laden a platform. Well, I mean, honestly, it seems like Kane is functioning in corporate Kane as a villain, correct? Well, if you if you perceive things that way, if you perceive corporate America to be so bad, but then you think about companies like Johnson and Johnson that provide band-aids and baby shampoo, maybe you're the real bad guy. Maybe you're the Osama bin Laden. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Johnson and Johnson tried to push artificial uh, formula on a lot of uh, expectant mothers in Africa. I think it was in the 70s, and it actually caused a lot of birth defects. That's usually not talked about. Yeah, that was a long time ago, though. Have you ever tried their baby shampoo recently? Recently? It wasn't the baby shampoo. It was the formula that's used to give the growing child nutrients so that they can develop into a healthy human being. Yeah, whoops. Sometimes you make mistakes <laughs> and then you make your baby shampoo a little bit better. Well, whoops. There are no more tears. Uh, well, I... No more tears for babies. Uh, no, I suppose not. Now, uh, if we could go back to these conspiracies for a moment... I'm curious, Mr. Ventura, are there any that involve you, or you feel like you're more of a witness? Do you uh, Are you there to share it with the world, or you feel like you're being adversely affected by any of these conspiracies? I'm being written out of the history all the time. They're always removing me. They're always taking me out. They're taking out my commentary. Everything that I do, all of my outfits, they're removing them. That's a shame. I feel like that's such an excellent addition on so many of those old pay-per-views and the commentary and those wonderful jackets. Uh, they're the best jackets in all of the world, but Vince McMahon doesn't see it that way, and then he knows that he has to pay me for every time I show up on the network, and he's trying not to do that. 
Is that true? Is that why they've been sort of removing you from the network? Is they, that... they don't want to pay me. They don't want to pay me the billions of dollars he's getting off of the blood of all of the wrestlers that have worked for him. Well, billions of dollars seems... Billions of dollars. I earned Vince McMahon billions of dollars by showing up on Saturday night's main event with my commentary. Well... Letting people know the truth about what's going on, about the this tag team called New Day. Have you seen New Day? I have seen New Day. Is there... Do you have a juicy conspiracy about New Day? They're making you forget about the old day. They're making you forget that there is a day long ago. They're making you think about the future and forgetting about the past where all the mistakes could have been made and you learned from them. No, instead, they replaced me with Michael Cole. Okay, so you're saying that <clears throat> New Day functions as a way to sort of forget the sins of our past and only focus on the present and to not really be mindful of our history or our context and in the same time replacing you with Michael Cole. Who's by- Nosferatu? Nosferatu? Michael Cole is Nosferatu. I'm sorry, you mean uh, Nostradamus or Nosferatu the vampire? I mean Nosferatu the vampire. Do you think I'm some kind of moron that doesn't know the difference between a man who knows the future and a vampire? I suppose I was the one who assumed that, not you. Nostradamus is Linda McMahon. That's why uh, she married Vince McMahon. Because she knew she was going to look quite handsome in her later years. All right. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, now, Michael Cole is a vampire. Now, is that based on the fact that we have never seen him in broad daylight? It's due to the fact that he doesn't drink Mountain Dew when it's given to him for the sponsorships. Instead, he drinks blood. Now, is the blood part, is that, could you have been mistaking Code Red for the blood? Or do you mean straight up, we don't see the Mountain Dew, so he has to be drinking blood? All of those African babies from the 1970s that you accused Johnson and Johnson of trying to harm, it was in fact Nosferatu who was harvesting them for their blood to to, to uh, feed Mr. on Mr. Ventura, for vintage purposes. Mr. Ventura, you look like you're sweating profusely. Can I can I get you something to drink? Can There's no ice? air conditioning in here. No, it's You're very... trying to sweat the truth out of me when I can just tell you point blank. Mr. Ventura, you don't have to get it out of me. Hey, Mr. You know Ventura, I carry a concealed weapon at all times. I, Mr. I have it right here. Mr. Ventura. You may recognize it. It's painless from Predator. Oh, the minigun that they pulled off of like an Apache helicopter. I right? carry it on my back. You didn't even see it the whole time. I didn't. Look, Mr. I carry a concealed weapon license. Mr. It's, Ventura. It's legal for me to carry this around. Mr. Ventura, you're a cherished guest of the show. You look a little winded. And a little red and a little sweaty. Can I just let's just? I do calisthenics every day. Uh, you're doing I don't them do right that now, DDP buddy. Yoga though, I don't do that because, as we all know, that turns you into a homosexual. Is that how that works? Yeah, because he wants you to be able to bend down and be able to fillet yourself, which and then turns makes you a homosexual, which I will never become because I have a wife and children, and I believe in breeding. Well, choice breeding. Oh, here we go. Uh, I don't believe in love. I believe in breeding for the betterment of humankind. I got you a glass. I see a picture of your wife. I got you a glass of ice water, Mr. Ventura. I would prefer 2% milk. <laughs> you like a glass of iced 2% milk? I would prefer warm, warm 2% milk. All right. I just want to make sure you're feeling all right. You seem very flushed. I just want to make sure you're Do you have a picture of your wife? I want to make sure that if you're going to breed, you're going to breed for the betterment of humankind. I don't have a picture on me. No, I don't. What kind of husband are you to not have a picture of your wife? I... I, Are you a Nosferatu? The vampire? Yeah, that's right. 
I I mean, maybe like socially, but I wouldn't say like physically. A social vampire? What is that supposed to mean? Is that one of your funny yuck yucks in one of your previous episodes, some kind of comedic joke of humor? No, I think it was probably a little bit more pained than that. I think it's that I draw off the energy of others and sort of base my day around that. It's a little bit sadder, I think, than just a common yuck yuck. <laughs> that was a rather depressing comment. I don't know if you can tell by my tone, but I am more saddened now than the state that I was previously in. Look, I don't, I don't want you to be uncomfortable on the podcast. I apologize for the lack of air conditioning. I'll get you that 2% milk, but I just want to let you know we always appreciate when you stop by and you tell us about just these alternative histories and these options about these conspiracies. Conspiracies the abound. Seamus. Seamus is a conspiracy. Um, yeah. I've, I've, an Irishman I've with seen, a job. There's I've no such thing. I've seen that facial hair. I've seen that facial No hair. such thing as an Irishman with a job. Ventura, is that Irish? No. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, Mr. Ventura, thank you very much for joining us. You're welcome, and believe in the truth, or the truth will eat you alive. Oh, Scott, I forgot to ask him about the new X-Files show. I'm still standing right oh here. Oh, my God. Oh, I was wow. putting my concealed weapon away. Oh, yeah. That's... But I'm wearing camouflage, so you probably didn't see me. No, no, it's just, I, uh, yep. What about the new X-Files? Oh, they're just doing, like, a six-episode miniseries on Fox. It's supposed to be great. Stuff's fiction. Yes, it is. All right, I'm going to go now. All right, thank thanks you. for the milk. Thank you, Mr. Ventura. I thought he was gone. Yeah, me too. I, are you excited for the new X-Files? Am I sad for it? Are you excited for it? I didn't watch the old X-Files. Oh, great, you should watch the new X-Files. It's a great intro to the old X-Files. Will it have Robert Patrick or will it have David uh, Duchovny? Uh, Duchovny. Whoa. Will it have uh, Gillian Anderson or will it have Robert Patrick? Uh, I... Julian Anderson. Oh! For a while, it was Lucy Lawless and Robert Patrick. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Xena and the T-1000? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a recipe for yippee, but it probably wasn't. Oh, yeah, it doesn't sound like it. Wow. Like, she's always free-spirited going in there and, like, kicking ass, and then right when she thinks she's gone too far, the T-1000 cuts off somebody's head, and she's like, you've got to cool it with that stuff. <laughs> well, it sounds like a good show. I'd watch the hell out of that show. When's the new one come out? Uh, January 2016. Oh, I might be dead then. I was about to say, here's hoping, but I was like, here's hoping not. That's terrible. You're in such agreement already, like, well, here's hoping. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Um, yes. X-Files, coming 2016. Be sure to subscribe. Um, we're going to have more content coming up soon on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Curtain Jerks Podcast. On Your Mark Wrestling is back. Marky Extreme is back. Go to youtube.com slash On Your Mark Show. Good stuff there. New videos for the upcoming weeks. Every week there will be a new video uh, for the foreseeable future. Also, you can hear me on After Buzz TV, recapping SmackDown every week. Go check that out. And Wrestling Compadre Slamcast. We talked with Eli Drake this week. I'm on there as well. Constantly derailing that show at every turn. Uh, we'd like to thank Pete Gas for coming on the show. Uh, as he said, he is on Twitter. And uh, that was it, right? No Instagram, nothing like that, right? He was saying Twitter. Or if, if you can find him on Facebook, he's also available there. All right. You can find him on Facebook as well. But thank Pete Gas for being on the show. Uh, it was a lot of fun having him. And, uh, of course, his Twitter is I am Pete Gas. Go tag him on there and thank him for being on the podcast. We hope to have him on again in the future. We'll keep you updated on the book. And 16-Bits Podcast, that's a podcast I do with Josh Callahan. That is comedy and video games. That is good stuff. Go check that out as well. And don't forget about ProWrestlingLoot.com. 
get 10% off your crate with the promo code SCOTT. So, for Curtain Jerks, I'm Scott Narver. I'm Steve Sears. Enjoy your wrestling, kids! You've just listened to another episode of Curtain Jerks. Oh, this is the time where you get all ten of your fingers. They've been uh, itching and ready to go this whole time. You're like, I- I'm going to wait to do this at the end of the I'm podcast. I'm going to wait till the episode's done, and then I'm going to use these things. These things I call hands. Yeah, these things I call hands. Uh, not these biceps and glutes that uh, God has given me. But, but activate them, too, so you can have a full use of your hands. Yeah, uh, clench up them butt cheeks when you go to SoundCloud.com slash Curtain Jerks. Follow us, uh, like the episode, comment, tw- uh, comment during. You could, you should have been commenting during this episode. You can go and comment during other episodes because I'm sure you have all the time code marked in your head. Don't you hear the sounds that our voices make? You can comment on the weird noises we make. You can make weird noises of your own. You can write it down and make other people make weird noises by reading it. Yeah, it's it's very interactive. You go on there. You can comment during your favorite parts of the show. You can comment during the parts of your show that you're like, oh, that was uh, quotable. And then you put it in quotes and you stick it up there. And if you're an aesthetics person, orange accents. Right? Orange is the new black, guys. (laughs) Yeah, that's not going to be dated. (laughs) No way. No way. Jason Biggs. Jason Biggs. WCW champion if they're still around. Yeah, that's how it works. So it's the orange is the new black WCW crossover. Jason Biggs is the new championship. That belt's almost as big as his head. It is, and even bigger than that is YouTube. I don't know if you guys have heard about this. It's pretty big. It's a big deal. It's videos online. You can watch pictures of cats moving. Mm-hmm. And you can watch Steve act like a cat on YouTube.com slash Curtain Jerks Podcast. You can see our predictions videos on there. You can see uh, our wrestler pronunciation manuals on there, our prediction videos. Uh, did I say that twice? <laughs> Meow. <laughs> <laughs> ah, shit. Uh, so it's all there, available for you. We've uh, got some new videos ideas. Videos ideas. Oh, this one's being thrown away. <laughs> uh, it'll get chopped up. Or it'll stay exactly the same. It'll be at the end of every episode until the end of time. Oh, please, <laughs> throw that meteor down quick. <laughs> receive this transmission from the Comedy Podcast Network. For more shows, visit ComedyPodcastNetwork.com. <laughs> Thanks, man. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, that's cool.